Welcome to the BT Focus podcast dedicated to the behavior technician experience and the delivery of ABA services. Hello and welcome to a very special RBT edition of the BT Focus podcast. I'm Brian Kaminsky and today I am so excited to be starting a new mini-series with you where we explore everything RBT or Registered Behavior Technician certification related. Um, I, I want to start today and start this conversation around a general overview on the certification, really to guide this initial conversation is going to be a really helpful document that you're going to find on the BACB website that you'll see linked in the show notes called the Registered Behavior Technician Handbook. So it's a very comprehensive documentation walking you through all of the steps to become an RBT, to continue to maintain that certification, um, and some really helpful information um, about the certification itself. So I thought a really helpful place to start this conversation is um, a question of the why. Why would you want to become a registered behavior technician and and make a couple distinctions? So um, the first is that the RBT is an additional certification that behavior technicians uh, can go out and pursue. Um, And typically um, at our organization, we see two primary routes for somebody to become an RBT. Uh, One, out of pure professional development, a behavior technician who wants to grow in the field um, may pursue the certification as um, one of those steps along the way uh, to advance their career in behavior analysis. I, I can think back many years ago, or that was the case for myself. I had entered the field, I fell in love with the science of applied behavior analysis, and I, I knew I was hooked. I really wanted to continue to pursue and uh, elevate my practice and, and really to just um, be the best behavior technician that I could be. So that's the first route. Um, a lot of our staff will pursue uh, the RBT um, you know, independently as, as a way to uh, continue their professional development. Secondly, and, and this is something that we see in, in some, um, some instances where um, a particular client, in order to provide support for them, the um, insurance provider that um, supports that family may require the RBT, we see in some cases. And um, the, those guidelines vary quite a bit from state to state and from um, provider one provider to the next. Some of them might say yeah, within the first six months of providing services, the RBT certification is required. Um, for some providers, it might be before the start of services, that certification might be obtained. So those are the two primary modes, professional development, and then we could say payer requirement. Um, and now let's talk a little bit more about the how. How would you become an RBT? So as you listen to this podcast, naturally you may have some questions. So for any Centria behavior technicians, supervising clinicians, BCBAs, um, who might have questions related to the RBT process, um, please reach out to our RBT at CentriaHealthcare.com team. They can answer any questions you might have related to an initial certification, renewal, any RBT-related expenses or incentives, um, and any of the process-related support that you might need um, as you are obtaining or uh, renewing this certification. So uh, we started off the discussion of the why. Why might one uh, choose to pursue an RBT certification? Now let's transition more into the how or the whom 
right? So let's start off with this. Who could become an RBT? Well, the BACB outlines um, the guidelines of who could become an RBT. There are some initial eligibility requirements. First, in order to apply, one must be 18 years or older, have completed a high school level education or equivalent, pass a background check, obtain 40 hours of qualified training, and successfully completed an RBT initial competency assessment. So a couple things that I want to say about the above prerequisites. First, on obtaining a 40-hour qualified training, the first thing that I want to say is that this qualified training must be based on the most recent RBT task list, which at the time of this recording is the second edition task list. Now, based on some feedback provided by the BACB and their podcast, which I will also link in the show notes, a common mistake that they see in initial applications is that the 40-hour training certificate provided is not based on the most recent task list. So somebody that perhaps has been in the field for a number of years and has then decided to become an RBT, if their 40-hour training was based on the first task list, that would not be accepted. So it may be required that they take what would be referred to as a bridge course, which bridges the first to second edition task list, or they may be required to take that 40-hour training over entirely. And so for Centria behavior technicians, if you're not sure which of those uh, camps you fall into, let our RBT team know and we'll help you navigate those components. So that's the first thing that I want to say. That 40-hour training must be based on the second edition task list. And maybe you're listening to this and you're not sure uh, what was my 40-hour training based on? Check your certificate. Your certificate will state uh, what edition of the task list it was based on. And from there, you can make your next decision. So uh, the next thing that I want to say with respect to the 40-hour training is that, and this is an important one, this is a prerequisite requirement to become an RBT, meaning that if you've completed this 40-hour training, that alone does not make you an RBT. You would then have to complete all of the subsequent steps, completion of a competency assessment in the field by a BCBA or BCABA, passing your RBT exam, uh, the completion of that 40-hour training simply makes you eligible to apply to become an RBT. And now this is an important one because a lot of 40-hour training providers will say that they are a 40-hour RBT training series, and, and that is truly the case. However, again, you have to then complete all of the subsequent steps in order to uh, state yourself as an RBT to practice under that certification and to bill under those services. So that's a very important distinction uh, that we want to make. All right. So now after that 40 hour training has been completed, the next step would be for that RBT to have an initial competency assessment completed, which is a fieldwork assessment where they're able to demonstrate the professional skills outlined in the RBT task list. Now, a couple notes on that initial competency assessment. The first is, who is qualified to conduct them? So 
A qualified assessor for initial competency assessment is someone who is a BACB certificate, which is either a BCBA, a BCBAD, or a BCABA, who has completed an eight-hour supervision training and is responsible for overseeing that competency assessment. That responsible assessor may also delegate some of those responsibilities to an assistant assessor who has also demonstrated all of the proficiencies outlined in the initial competency assessment. Additionally, the timing of this assessment must occur after the completion of the 40-hour training. In addition, it cannot be completed more than 90 days before the submission of an RBT certification application. So, Something just to keep in mind in terms of the sequencing of your application, you need to make sure that that initial competency assessment is not completed more than 90 days prior to that submission. All right, now in terms of the structure of that initial competency assessment, which we will also link in our show notes, uh, that competency assessment can be administered in a couple of different modes. It can be conducted over one or more sessions. It can also be conducted in person, live, over the internet and remote means, or through observations or recorded videos created specifically for the purpose of the assessment. So your responsible assessor, that BCBA, that BCABA, who is conducting your assessment, they can work to determine what would be the most appropriate mode to assess those competencies in the assessment. Now, after those initial steps are completed, that RBT applicant is able to begin the application process. To do so, they will create a BACB account by logging on to their website, which we'll also link in the show notes. They will upload all of that documentation at that point, that individual supervisor will receive a notification to confirm their age and background check. And at that point, once approved, the RBT applicant will then be uh, advised to complete any of the application fees associated with it. Once the fees are paid, that individual will receive an application determination, meaning if their application is accepted, it'll provide instructions on how to schedule their exam. Or if the application is denied, they'll receive specific feedback outlining the steps they would need to take to correct uh, any errors in the application process. Now, when it comes time to scheduling the exam, a couple notes. Now, first a note on the structure of the RBT exam itself. Now, once that applicant receives a determination on their application and have the ability to schedule their exam, they'll receive information from Pearson View, who is the RBT testing administrator. And you'll have the option to schedule your exam. Now, at the time of this recording in February of 2021, with the uh, reality of COVID, um, we have seen more remote testing options offered through Pearson View, in addition to in-person testing site um, opportunities. So please refer to that Pearson um, communication with respect to the exam scheduling itself. 
And once scheduled, now let's talk about the structure of the exam itself. The exam itself is comprised of 75 scored questions, which that individual has 90 minutes to complete, in addition to 10 unscored pilot questions, which the BACB evaluates for future testing. Those 75 scored questions are multiple choice in nature, where you have four possible answers with one best answer, as they say. And over the course of this RBT mini-series, we are going to help you along the way with sample test questions and resources to help you get in the mindset of preparing for the exam and all of the competencies required. Now, when will you find out if you've passed your RPT exam? Well, the great news is you will find out as soon as you've completed the exam itself at the testing site. So you will receive uh, a pass-fail report at the time of the site. And when can you start using your RPT certification? Well, you can do so after you've received your RPT certificate. And as soon as you have a qualified RBT supervisor on record with the BACB. Now, in conclusion, following the successful certification of an RBT, what is required to maintain that certification? So, as an RBT, in order to maintain that certification, one must receive ongoing supervision that meets the RBT supervision, supervisor, and documentation requirements, as previously stated. You must adhere to the RBT ethics code and self-reporting requirements, which you can learn more about in our show notes in the RBT handbook. And finally, complete an RBT renewal application annually, which includes an RBT renewal competency assessment and fees to maintain your certification. Now, I hope this conversation was informative on the steps to become an RBT. And while it was not intended to be comprehensive, I hope it at least provides you with an initial framework to become an RBT, the steps involved, and some of the resources available to you. Um, I encourage you to always refer to the BACB's website to get the most up-to-date resources and uh, updates related to the certification. And what you can expect to see in our feed in the weeks ahead is more and more training resources and discussion based upon that RBT task list, which will be your framework outlining all of the components of the certification and the competencies required and how you can continue to elevate your practices and the support of our clients. So I want to thank you for your time. I am so excited to continue to uh, unpack all of the components of that RBT certification. Um, and I just, I'm so excited to be on this journey along with you. Um, I can remember distinctly what it was like to receive that email uh, informing me that I'd become an RBT many years ago. And um, really what a distinguishing experience that was for me in my career in ABA. And um, my hope is that this podcast will help uh, encourage and inform the next generation of RBTs, 
Um, in some cases, a next generation of BCBAs, BCABAs, um, that is doing the most important work that is servicing all of our families. And so uh, thank you for your time. I am so excited to be uh, a part of this journey with you and I would love to hear from you. Please feel free to send us a feedback at btfocus at centuryhealthcare.com. Until then. Hi, BT Focus listeners. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Now, we want to hear from you. Drop us a line at our Google Voice account at 248-215-2464 if you have any thoughts, ideas, or questions. You may even hear them on the air. Or drop us a message at btfocus at centriahealthcare.com. Until next time.